The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. And kind of an interesting uh, theme today, if you will, as we look at uh, some of the redistricted uh, uh, boundary lines for state elections, uh, including the Michigan House of Representatives. We're looking at one in particular because it has some interesting uh, elements to it. And one of those elements is the fact that uh, someone you may know from uh, from local TV news has entered that race as a Democrat in uh, the primary coming up uh, in about two weeks. Sherry Hardman is her name, and she joins me by phone. Good morning, Sherry, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Thank you so much for having me on this morning. Um, the obvious question, and I'm sure everyone has asked you <laughs> this, is is um, why would you want to run for an elected office? Um, it, do you feel like there's something more you can do than than keeping an eye on the people that are there for us? You you hit it right on the head there. You know, for years I have been working in in news and going into communities, you know, talking to folks, listening to their concerns, and, and telling their stories. And, you know, so often I would, um, you know, finish my day thinking about those issues and wondering if there was something more that I could do. Uh, when, you t- when you do the stories, you hope that someone sees that and can respond to it. Uh, and when this opportunity came up, I said, you know what? Um, I have been learning about these issues for a long time, and here's an opportunity for me to do more than just tell those stories, but to actually make a difference and try to address some of them. So that is why I decided to, to do this. You know, it's kind of interesting. I said there were some, some unusual things about this particular race, and your being in it is is by far not the not the most unusual <laughs> there there's a married couple that are running on opposite sides of the aisle that are in this yeah. uh, district um, there is an incumbent but the district is almost entirely different from right. the area he's been serving in so it is kind of different and when you say this opportunity came up did you see this because of redistricting as an open seat um, I still think that it's, you know, there is a, an incumbent. Um, obviously, he has been working in Lansing, and I respect that. 
but it is an it is an opportunity for uh, people in this newly drawn district to get to know all of the candidates equally. So it is, in some ways, it is a um, an open seat. Well, that's that's what I was wondering because we you know we've even seen some uh, some of these. Um, Oh, uh, some of these districts that have two incumbents in them, sure. <laughs> because yeah. the the redraw of that particular district um, overlapped another district, and there ended up being two incumbents running against each other. Which is, and, and we're going to look at, at some of those later in the week. Um, but do you think that when Michigan voters passed the the um, uh, initiative to have a, an independent redistricting commission that um, that they got what they what they had voted for that that the uh, districts that have been drawn are much more fair than the ones that had been drawn in the past by uh, whatever the majority was in the legislature. Absolutely. Uh, when you have independence, there's no agenda. Uh, there's no push towards uh, making it more favorable to one party versus the other. Uh, and so, you know, no one's going to be happy with with all of the uh, districts and the way they have been redrawn. But when you have an independent commission, um, it is the most fair way to uh, redraw the district. With the... Um Changes that have happened, you know, just recently, we're talking, and, and we'll talk some more about, about redistricting and how that plays out, but um, what were some of the issues, uh, aside mm -hmm. from opportunity, that sure. drew you into this race? Um, well, you know, one of the biggest things for me um, was uh, voting rights. You know, I am the child of people who grew up uh, during the civil rights movement. Um, and I was, you know, as, you know, a young child and, and turning 18, casting my first ballot, I was always, um, you know, told of the importance of voting. Uh, and uh, the, the, the struggle that it was to, to get that opportunity to vote. And... As we looked all across the country, looking at these um, um, laws that are being drawn to to restrict voting rights all across the country, and I know that there are some efforts here in Michigan, and I wanted to make sure that the work that my um, my my ancestors and and other people during the civil rights movement uh, put forth holds. I want to make sure that people. Uh, Americans, all Americans have the right to cast a ballot to vote without the restrictions that are trying to be put in place. That, that's one issue um, that, that is very important to me. Um, the other is uh, women's rights. Uh, you know, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, it falls upon the state to uh, ensure that women have the right to make decisions about their bodies. And I want to make sure that we protect those rights here in the state. Those are two very, very big issues for me. Um, uh, also, as someone who worked 
um, and covered and listened to stories about the Flint water crisis and, and learning the impact of that on, on families and children in particular, I wanted to make sure um, that we do everything we can to make sure all communities have access to clean drinking water. Uh, those are three very, very important issues to me. Uh, now, I can only do so much from the sidelines, but if, if I have an opportunity to help um, craft or support legislation to uh, positively impact those issues, then that's what I want to do. Do you think that you can have as much impact? Are you... You know, I always ask, can one person make a difference? And, of course, there are yes. some stock answers yes. for that, of course. But when we have a situation like we have in Michigan with um, and you're running as a Democrat in, in a state where it's a majority of Republicans in both houses of the legislature, but this is an unusual election, do you think that that majority is is going to change or at least shrink in this midterm uh, election season? I think anything is possible. Uh, I think there are... Boy, that was a politician answer already, Sherry. Well, well, <laughs> well, it's more of, I think, not quite here yet, but I think it's more optimistic. You know, I, I'm optimistic. I believe that we can. Um, if I don't I, here's, I'll tell you this. If I didn't think that there was an opportunity for me to flip this seat, I wouldn't have run. Um, I, I believe that it's very much possible if you look at some of the seats. Um, again, we talked about this having an incumbent, but at the same time, it sort of looks like an open seat. Um, I can sell myself to folks. You know, I know how to go and knock on doors and talk to people, and that's what I've been doing. I've been talking to them about what concerns they have, uh, what issues that are important to me and whether or not we align. Sherry, have you ever run for anything before? No, no. Are you finding because of the exposure you've had on uh, ABC 12 News um, that that people are familiar with you are, uh, you know, that's one of the things that first-time candidates have to wrestle with is name recognition. Is that something that's been made a little easier for you? For your yes. first time out? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, it is. When you um, go to doors, do people know you're running, or do they think you're there to cover a story? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've a couple times that, yeah. Or you know what's funny, Tom, is that when I first started knocking on doors, you know, people uh, weren't even, didn't even realize that I had left the station because, you know, I, I filed to run on April 19th, and I left on the 20th. And so... Um, People thought maybe I was still on vacation or something. <laughs> I said, no, you know, I'm no longer with the station. And, and, and then I explained to them why. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it helped. It helped. Um, people know my face. Um, you know, people know my name. And, um, you know, a lot of times they, they already have an opinion about me. Um, and, and thank goodness, for the most part, it's favorable. Um, and that's... But, the, you know, the interesting thing, Tom, is that um, when I first, uh, you know, started out there, people would ask me, um, was I running as a Republican or a Democrat? And I can't tell you how happy that made me because that meant as a journalist, I did my job and I did it well. Um, 
they did not see bias in my or a particular side in my storytelling. And that made me proud. That's a that's good point because that's not always true with contemporary journalists. Right. And, and so I'm old school, you know. Um, and, but that, that made me proud to know that that was the kind of um, uh, work that I did as a journalist. And, um, you know, and I've even had some, um, some Republicans say to me, you know, I, I had one gentleman. Um, messaged me on Facebook and asked that very question. And, and I, you know, he asked me if I was a Republican or a Democrat, and I said, I'm a Democrat. And he said, you know, my wife and I um, normally vote Republican, but we, you know, we've watched you over the years. We like you. We think you're a good person, and we're going to vote for you. Oh, that's, and, that's nice to hear. Yeah, and it was, it was such a wonderful thing to hear because, um, you know, I, I have always tried to, to be fair and um, honest in my reporting, but I also I've I've also kind of uh, uh, had compassion and empathy for the people that I was um, doing the stories with. So I, I feel like that came through. Uh, and Sherry, it, it really did. with the it kind did. with the kind of turnover that that uh, television news has. Yeah. And and that uh, that ABC twelve has had in recent sure. years. Um, I I just want to go back and underscore. Did you leave the station to run for this seat, or yeah, did you leave under some other circumstances? No, I left. Um, you know, what, the thing about working in in news um, and and with corporate policy is. Um, you can't you can't work at a station and be on air and and, and run for office. Um, you can't uh, support political candidates. So um, I knew that once I filed, I was going to have to leave. So, was that was that a tough decision? It was because you know we had um, you know we had some tough times there, and you know with the turnover and everything, and then we got it a new general manager and, and he was terrific and I was, um, and had a, a, you know, a good vision for the station and, um, you know, and I very much believed in him and I, I love my coworkers, you know, Matt, Angie, Don, Terry, JR, um, those folks who have been at the station for a very long time embraced me, um, and, um, loved them dearly. And so it was, uh, hard to leave that situation because, um, they were like family to me. Um, you know, I've moved around a lot in my career, and you want to. And I'm from from Michigan. I grew up in Wayne County, um, but you move around a lot in your career, and you look for a place that you can call home that feels like home. And you know, my um, every job that I'd had prior to working at ABC 12, you know, you sign a two year contract, and you and and you're literally counting down until you can leave, I mean, to that next job. And that was always the case with me. But when I got to 12, it felt like a place that I wanted to stay. Um, and it just felt like home. And I remember... Sherry, uh, yeah. I, I, hate, I hate to interrupt, but I need to put a comma here. I have to take a short break. Can you stick around okay. so we can talk some more? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. We'll be yeah. back with Sherry Hardman after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. We'll be right back. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just, um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So, listen... We just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam? Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. 
And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. And welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with candidates for the 68th District uh, seat in the Michigan State House of Representatives, the uh, primary for that coming up in just about two weeks. And uh, this hour, we're talking with Sherry Hardman, formerly of ABC 12 News, perhaps, you saw her anchoring the news on the weekends, and uh, I know I certainly enjoyed her broadcasts. Sherry, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, thank you for having me. That's fine. Um, and Sherry, we were talking in the last segment about you know how you got interested in running, um, and and if you were um, if if you had a little leg up because of the time you spent on TV as far as name recognition, um, I know I always say Sherry Hardman, Sherry Hardman, whenever you were on <laughs> because <laughs> of, well, and and you probably know why if yeah, I don't Mary know Hardman. Mary yeah. Hardman, Mary Hardman. Well, you know it's funny. My mom's name is Mary. <laughs> oh no! So she really is Mary Hardman, Mary Hardman. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah. But but one of the things that I want to ask you is is because of your experience doing news, do you think it's given you a little better understanding of how politics work from process and policy? Um, maybe a little better understanding than than other new candidates might have. I think so. Um, you know, I. My beat was um, politics. So I have spent time in Lansing. I have talked to legislatures. Um, I have followed, um, you know, political issues, uh, you know, state, federal, local, for a long time. And uh, I believe it does kind of give me a knowledge that, uh, and a better understanding that maybe some other um, people um, may not have who are running but that being said, I still have a lot to learn. Um, it's one thing to, uh, you know, interview politicians, and it's another to be one and, and you know, get in there and get your hands dirty and, and learn the process. Um, so I, I, by no means, know everything, but um, I, uh, I am willing to learn and, um, and, and do the hard work. Uh, and, and I... Uh, I feel good about that. Sherry, now that you're out there on the campaign trail pushing yourself as a candidate, um, what are some of the things that you that you like and some of the things that you don't like about it? <laughs> so far. Uh, well, the one thing is, uh, you know, I've always loved being out talking to folks, um, you know, listening to them and uh, uh, hoping to, to do something about it. So that, in, in some regards, that hasn't changed. Um, knocking on doors, having people not be happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, it, it, that is not something that I have a problem with because I've done that. You know, I've had doors slammed in my face. I've had people say they don't like me. Um, 
you know, so that doesn't hurt my feelings uh, <laughs> at all. Just keep it going. Uh, so, but it's it's about listening to folks and 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 uh, trying to um, understand where they're coming from, even if you don't agree with them. So, the, you know, the one thing that I don't necessarily like uh, <laughs> is. Um, the having to raise the money, asking you for money, that's awkward for me. Um, but, um, but the part about uh, truly, uh, you know, doing the groundwork as far as um, getting into the communities, um, that's something that I, I know very well and I'm good at. You so, talked about enjoying the part where you get a chance to talk to people and listen to them. What are you hearing from people when you're knocking the doors? I I have a feeling that voters um, have a much different conversation than the way they are reported. Yeah. Um, well, the the big thing for me that has um, you know that's been coming up lately is the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, that's the big issue for folks um, that I hear. And, of course, inflation, the cost of gas, um, you know, education. It, it kind of depends on, you know, where they are, who they are, what kind of um, life they have, if they are someone, if they're um, someone with young children, uh, they, you know, talk about education and, uh, you know, child care but, you know, I talked to a gentleman a couple days ago who said, uh, you know, he had, you know, child care issues and how expensive it was and how um, he he pays more for child care than he does for his mortgage. But that's, um, you know, an issue that was raised um, just, I think that was uh, Saturday. Yesterday, I talked to a woman um, who was from Romania. And she'd been in the country for 27 years, and she was disheartened by the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And she talked about um, the restrictions uh, in her own country when she, you know, and 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 how much she loved this country and 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 the things um, that it offered, and how how heartbroken she was to see. Some of the, th- the things that she had to deal with in her own country uh, happening here, and and she was concerned about that. She has a you know a daughter um, who you know is is of childbearing age, and she wondered what that meant for her. So you know those are kind of issues that I hear from people. Um, she really kind of touched me yesterday because you know we think about um, all the blessings that we have here in this country, and you think about. Some of the of the things that um, other countries don't have, and I, I hadn't really thought about that in that way with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but it, it really kind of struck me in a way. Um, you know, just um, you know, obviously inflation and the cost of living is impacting everyone, <laughs> no matter what you do uh, for a living. So I hear about those things, um, and. Uh, you know, you just try to listen and try to figure out once you get in there, if you get in there, um, how to how to address those issues. So I, I kind of take. I'm a reporter. I take notes. <laughs> I write things down uh, when I'm listening to people, uh, so I can you know have a list of issues that people are talking about. When you're when you're campaigning, are you finding that the things you were expecting 
to be important to people are in fact the things that are important to people or are, are you learning that there are some other things that you didn't think of you know cracks in sidewalks and stuff yeah those are yeah absolutely one neighborhood i walked at uh when i first started was uh, uh i mean i live in grand blank township grand blank um and i walked a neighborhood it was apparently one of the oldest neighborhoods in uh, grand blank township and um it was <laughs> the the subdivision I, I i you know they had more potholes than they had roads <laughs> and so I was like, okay, let's see what they talk about. And it was about the conditions of their the roads in their in their neighborhood. And but you know that was not something that um, can be addressed on the state level. Uh, and they knew that it was something that they would have to as as township residents address. Um, but you know you still listen to them about that. But, and but I I think they would be very sympathetic to work being done for infrastructure all over the state right. exactly. Ro roads and exactly. bridges and so on because they're hitting bumps every day in their neighborhood exactly and and that was what was interesting even though you know talking to them about the issue right in their neighborhoods and that was not something that state could on um, the state level can be addressed but um, the, it still gave them a good, good understanding of what um, has to happen in order for, um, you know, roads that can be fixed at, at the state level need to happen. So, uh, but, you know, it, it's, even though that wasn't something that, you know, a state legislature would be able to address, you still listen to them and ask them questions about what they think can be done to, to make their communities better. When you first told Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, uh, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and your other family and friends that you had decided to run for this position, what was, what was their reaction? Did they think you were maybe a little crazy? Well, let me, let me tell you about my mom. She's another reason why um, um, that impacted my decision indirectly. My mom has Alzheimer's. Um, and she's, um, she's in a nursing home and, you know, I think about, um, you know, having access to quality, affordable healthcare is an issue, um, for, for me and making sure seniors, um, elderly folks are, are taken care of. That's another issue for me. Um, a very, a very, very personal one. Um, you know, talking to other family members, um, you know, they just know Sherry just, you know, goes with stuff, <laughs> you know, um, working in television is not exactly, you know, an easy thing. It's not something for the family part. Uh, so they just, imagine my mom, my mom was very proud of me no matter what I, when I was, for Burger King, my mom thought the greatest thing in life. So, you know, so my mom, my mom was all, it didn't matter what I did. My mom was always very proud of me and very encouraged. So um, I would imagine that in this situation, she would be too. Uh, Sherry, you're cutting in and out just a little bit. I'm Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, okay, much better. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. What about your colleagues? What did they think when you said you were leaving to <laughs> run for political office? They were a little shocked, but at the same time, um, I have some great, you know, colleagues turned friends, and um, 
you know, they they were very encouraging and, and said, you're going to you're going to do great. You're going to do great. Because well, they know that I'm passionate. Um, I was passionate about d- journalism and, and telling stories and, and doing a good job. And um, I hope that that I know that that will translate if this opportunity um, uh, ha- happens. I, I I just I feel like I would, I have to share this story with you. Many years ago, there was something something going on that had to do with my work that involved. I I, I had to call someone at the Flint Journal, which was a daily. Uh, yeah. It was the daily paper of record in those days. Yeah. And um, I requested uh, or or I asked for a reporter that I had had a good relationship with uh, mm-hmm. over the years. And whoever answered the phone, I, and I wish I knew who it was, um, said, oh, they're not here anymore. They got a real job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I thought, you, I, I thought you might get a kick out of that. Yeah, show. we hear that a lot. It's so funny to me that people think that working in TV is so glamorous and all that. It's in the trenches. It is. It's it's hard work, and you have to love it. You know, it's like it's it's um, it's stressful, high stress level. Um, you know, low pay, and um, well, there's a tremendous know, amount of deadline pressure. It is. It is, and um, you 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 really have to love it. Uh, and I did for a long time, and I still love it. Um, I still love the process of gathering information and putting it together to present to people. I still love that process. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely not for everyone. <laughs> so. You know, this is, it's, it's going to be real interesting. If, if you're elected, Sherry, I'm going to want to talk with you after you've been there for six months or so, because I've, I've talked to people who were running uh, that hadn't run for anything before. They're running for the state house, and I ask them about things like uh, part-time legislature, term limits. You know, some of these different things. And oh, they're gonna they're gonna cut the legislature, you know, to part-time and cut the pay, and they're gonna cut all this stuff in the budget. And then six months in, I ask them the same questions, and they have a million reasons why they can't do that. <laughs> and 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 I'm going to be interested to see how open you are with reporters who try to contact you for information yeah. about uh, about things that are going on in Lansing, um, because Michigan is one of two states where the legislature and the governor's office are exempt from FOIA. Yeah. Well, I've had I've had really good relationships with people, lawmakers, um, and uh, you know, and some that don't. They never call you back. They never want to talk to you. Um, and then you have some who uh, who um, you know will stand up and and you know answer the, the difficult questions. Um, I hope to be that kind of um, lawmaker. I, I do because at the end of, end of the day. Um, you know, I would be hired by, um, you know, voters and residents, and they need to hear, um, hear from me. One of um, uh, State Representative Tim Sneller uh, is someone that I uh, admire greatly. He, uh, I filed on that Tuesday, that Thursday, he called me to tell me he was endorsing me. 
And oh, nice. I, yeah, and I've been going to um, his coffee with his constituents um, and lunch, breakfast with his constituents and, and, and talking to him. And he is someone who, you know, on his days off, he is going and meeting with his constituents and, and listening to them. He, he prides himself on that. Uh, he will tell you that he goes, you know, I don't, 200, 300, I don't know how many days he goes out of the year. He will tell you that proudly. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I hope to, uh, pick up some of those wonderful things that he does when it comes to, when you're not in Lansing, going back into the community and talking to folks, um, and, and hearing their concerns and don't just think because, you know, you only do that when you're campaigning. <laughs> you come back and you you have those uh, moments where people can talk to you about what's going on in Lansing, and I want to continue that, um, um, you know, that opportunity for people because part of it, it's Burton is also part of the district with the redistricting. So, oh, yeah. uh, so uh, uh, Tim's people, his constituents, are used to that. So I want to continue that. Um, is there would, is there a candidate school in Lansing? Um, well, I know that there's like there is. Um, you know, I've done a couple of um, a thing. There's a GLPA lead, which does um, you know candidate forums, candidate boot camps. I've gone to a, a few of those to kind of um, understand a little bit better uh, about what it means to be a candidate. So because I want to learn as much as I can. Uh, when you don't know something, you have to do your research. You have to um, do your homework, and that is what I've been doing. And I ask questions. I, I ask questions of those who have been there before me, and uh, so I can learn. You know, and, and and again, as many questions as I ask beforehand, it's not nothing is going to compare to actually being in there and doing it. Um, but I want to be prepared as possible. Uh, for, you know, when that opportunity um, presents itself. If voters choose me, I want to be prepared as possible. And so that is what I've been doing. What other kinds of things have you been doing to, to research and prepare yourself? Have you been, uh, like, going over the budget and and tracking some of the legislation that's, that's currently making its way through? I do keep an eye on things. I do look at, you know, you know, bills that are, are, are out there and uh, especially ones that are, um, you know, issues for, for me right now. Um, I can't do that as much as, as I would like to right now because I'm, my primary focus is just getting out there and, and talking to people, knocking on doors. That's what I do um, a lot. Uh, but I do try to, I mean, I do keep an eye on things that are going on. I do watch the news. I do go on to the um, Michigan website and look at things that are going on. So that you have to do that. And because you have to be informed. You have to be informed. <laughs> Sherry, what, what do you think um, is going to be important to you uh, on day one? Uh, on day one. Um. Just is, sort of take it all, taking it all in, um, first just giving myself a, a, um, an opportunity to listen because uh, and to learn. That, that's the most important thing for me when I, on day one, to learn. Um, and then uh, figure out 
uh, where I fit in in the scheme of things and where I can mo- most be effective. And I just uh, wondered if there was a, a particular um, specialty or, or area, um, issue area that, that you would want to immerse yourself in and that, that you might dig into hmm. right away. That's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure yet. Um, I want to be open to many things. Um, but it's, it's a matter of kind of understanding where I can bo- most be effective and then pursuing that, if that makes sense. Um, I, I want to truly, truly be effective. And wherever that takes me is where I'll go. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the, the fundraising part of it. I would imagine that that is the hardest part for a first time in a candidate. <laughs> it is, it, it is, especially when you're, you know, you're asking people for money and you're like, I don't know what, you know, I'm not, um, that skilled at that. <laughs> I've gotten better, but it is kind of, it's an awkward thing to do. But, uh, have people told you um, or, or given you some idea of what, what your goals are? What, is it, what does it take to run a campaign like this, uh, starting with the, with the primary? And then do you have any anticipation of what it will be like moving into the general? You mean as far as money or yeah. just? Yeah. Yeah. I remember somebody telling me once, and this was 25 years ago, that it was, you know, something like uh, U.S. representatives had to raise something like $10,000 a week or some ridiculous amount oh, wow. of money. And, and I just wondered if anybody give you, given you any idea of numbers, what kind of, what kind of money no, you I need don't, to raise. No, I, really, I don't really have... Um, numbers as, as far as how much I need to raise. I think the biggest thing, um, you can raise all the money in the world, but if you are not out there talking to folks, um, learning about the issues, um, you know, trying to encourage them to or convince them that you're the right candidate, all the money in the world won't help you. You know, you, know, you can raise a million dollars and, um, you know, no one no one has ever seen you in their community <laughs> uh it really doesn't matter so it's a, it's about well i would think yeah. sherry if you rose if you raised a million dollars that you'd want to uh spend a lot of it on tv <laughs> <laughs> well, I, guess so. I, I guess so that's true that's true um but that also, but you also want to talk to folks uh you also i don't people have seen me on tv <laughs> Well, they Sherry, want we've got we've got just under a minute left, and I I want to thank you for spending this time with me and the listeners this morning, and wish you good luck. But I also, as I always do with guests, want to give you an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your campaign. Oh, do you have a sure. website you'd like to share? I do. It is www.voteforsherry f o r dot com. And you can also find me on on Facebook to Sherry Hartman for State Representative, House District 68 as well. All right. Well, Sherry, keep up the good work, and uh, thanks again. 
Thank you so much for this opportunity. I appreciate it, Tom. Right. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. That was Sherry Hartman. Sherry Hartman? Not really. It was Sherry Hartman, formerly of uh, ABC 12 News, but no longer there as she is running for the State House of Representatives. Hello there, we'll be citizens. right back. Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque riverway. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Cloth or disposable? Paint or wallpaper? Yellow or green? Babies come with lots of decisions. Crib or bassinet? Rocker or glider? So when it comes to protection against diseases, go with the safest, most effective choice. Vaccination. To protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases like measles, meningitis, and whooping cough. That's why nearly all parents choose it. Stroller or carriage, basketball or soccer. So get all the recommended vaccinations for your baby by age two. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. Justin or Justine. Immunizations help give you the power to protect your baby. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Why are we stopping? We're going to be late for the show. Mom, Dad, we got to get gas. You're not here, you're not. This place is charging an arm and a leg. Look, these days price swings of 30 or 40 cents per gallon aren't unusual. But when a gas station charges a price way above the price at similar stations, that could be gas gouging. Michigan gas stations sell the correct quality and quantity of gas most of the time. 
but when a station does try to illegally take advantage of drivers, my office is here to stop them. Stop attorney generaling! We got a concert to get to! I hope she doesn't sit next to us. Narc. This is Attorney General Dana Nessel. If you have information about potential gas gouging, call my office or go online at michigan.gov slash ag. Put those away. We're at a gas station. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. It's 8 o'clock in Los Angeles. It's 9 o'clock in Denver. It's 10 o'clock in Chicago. In Baltimore, it's 6.42. (laughs) Time for the 11 o'clock report. First of all, the headlines. Welcome Wagon runs over newcomer. Good Humor Man slays 10. Pen Pal stabs pal with pen. Pediatrician dies of childhood disease. And Jacques Cousteau drowns in bathtub accident. We'll be back with full details in just a moment after this word from Cooley's Cigarettes. You know something, Bill? These cigarettes of mine, they taste like crap. (laughs) Say, Dan. (laughs) Crappy taste. Why don't you try the cool, refreshing taste of Coolies? Coolies, eh? You smoke them? Nope, found them in the subway toilet. (laughs) And now back to the news. History's 135th heart transplant operation was performed yesterday in New York City. One unusual note, the heart transplant took place in Central Park at midnight, and the donor's family was not consulted. Dr. Timothy Leary's brother, really Leary, today announced the formation of a new religion which teaches that when you die, your soul goes to a garage in Buffalo. (laughs) Police today arrested Margaret Fulcrum, a 45-year-old unregistered nurse, and charged her with accepting collect obscene telephone calls. Famed television announcer Charlie the Tuna was found dead today of mercury poisoning. (laughs) Sorry, Charlie. Good news from the Far East. No one was killed in Vietnam today. However, three people died of old age at the Paris Peace Talks. (laughs) And former French President Charles de Gaulle rose from the dead today just to show everyone he could really do it. Well, that's it from the news desk for the latest in sports. Here's Biff Barf. Good evening, sport fans. Biff Barf here in the Biff Barf Sportlight Spotlight, picking them up and barfing them right back at you. I call them the way I see them, and if I don't see them, I make them up. 
No games today. However, we do have a few late football scores still coming in from the far west. Guam Prep, 45. Marshall Islands, 14. Mindanao A&M, 27. Molokai, 10. Caltech, 14.5. MIT, 3 to the 4th power. William and Mary, 6. Nick and Tony, 105. And here's a partial score. Stanford, 29. Well, that's it, kids. That's it from the scoreboard in the world of golf today in the Fats Domino Desert Classic. First round leader Willie Waterhazard had a birdie, two eagles, and a duck this afternoon. <laughs> Meanwhile, the favorite Gary Fairway was way behind, scoring a record 609 strokes on the front nine when he accidentally stepped aboard a bus to Minneapolis while playing a difficult lie from the highway. Well, that's it, sport fans. Join me tomorrow afternoon on the ever-widening world of sports when I'll be presenting the national two-man pall-bearing championships. And next week, I'll be a guest hunter on American Sportsman. Six of us are going to kill a rabbit. <laughs> now, with the latest in weather, here's Al Sleet, your hippy-dippy weatherman. Hey! Hey! Hey, possum! you call your possum? Al Sleet, hey, hippy-dippy weatherman, brought to you by Parsons Pest Control. Do you have termites, water bugs, and roaches? Parsons will get rid of the termites and water bugs and help you smoke the roaches. Present temperature is 68 degrees at the airport which is stupid, because I don't know anyone who lives at the airport. <laughs> Downtown, it's much hotter. Downtown's on fire, man. Now, if you'll take a look at our national weather map, you'll see that we don't have one. So try to picture last night's map in your mind. Remember all those lines and numbers? Weather was dominated by a large Canadian low, which is not to be confused with a Mexican high. <laughs> Tonight's forecast, dark. <laughs> Continued mostly dark tonight. Turning to widely scattered light in the morning. That's it from Al Sleet. Don't forget, if you don't like the weather, move. Thanks, Al. Always a great report from Al Sleet. I think we all know by now, Al's been into the mushrooms. <laughs> well, that just about wraps it up on the 7 o'clock report. Join us again tomorrow night at 9 for the 11 o'clock news. In the meantime, stay tuned for a brand new comedy series, Double Trouble, the story of Siamese twins joined at the lips. <laughs> And the merry mix-ups that occur when one gets married and the other has root canal work the same day. <laughs> Good night, all. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Man who made the 
And though the news was rather sad Well, I just had to laugh I saw the photograph He blew his mind out in a car That the lights had changed A crowd of people stood aside They'd seen his face before Nobody was really sure if he was from the house of to a dream.
Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.